0: Welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, marketing implementation, process automation, accounting, payroll processing, CRM design and implementation, and business technology strategy consulting and implementation. I'm Mike Salmon, and today we're joined by... David Wilkins with <laughs> Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. I was trying to think of your title, David. And- COO. COO. Yes. Okay. And, and David, welcome back. Of course, you're a co-host of the show uh, alongside Jennifer Ruse. You guys alternate and take turns. Now, the last time you and I were on, we last met and we were talking about project management and why it's important for successful projects to have project management. Now, you ended the show by commenting that there were we were really just getting started. So, So talk more about what you wanted to talk about. What, what, sure. I want to hear some more about what you have to say. Okay.
1: And I remember you have one of the comments that you made uh, as the show was wrapping up is how surprised you were, how much there is to project management that you hadn't realized, even as a small business owner who really doesn't have that much to do with IT per se, but certainly has technology and other aspects of business that uh, where projects come into play.
0: Well, especially when you're talking about multiple people involved in project management and and the thing that i took away was you better it's communication it all seems to come down to communication
1: you got it that's that's the key that's the key so let's uh let's get started and let's start really kind of with with really just kind of a quick review of some of the the, the key points we talked about before uh, starting with uh, obviously communications being being one and how communications is so important in terms of making sure that you've got a good set of requirements that are identified because we'll, as we talk more, you'll find out that if you don't have a good set of requirements, you're destined to fail right off the right off the bat. Um, starting and then addressing all the various needs, the concerns, expectations of the various stakeholders, whether they're the users, the business owners, the vendors, the customers, all the people who are gonna be affected by the project. Again, that's where communications come in, comes into play. And making sure that, that yeah, you're, while you're doing the communications, that you've got a, a structured approach to the communications that is formalized so that you can basically record and have have a, a documented results of what those what that communication takes place, so that everybody uh, says, "Well, I said this," and says, "Well, that's not what I heard," and so on. You know, you you know, you get into that uh, that ring. You know, they start to this, start this, a, a, a phrase and then wait to see what it sounds like when you get around the ring. You know, <laughs> he said this. Yeah.
0: The, the, yeah. And as far as the ring by the time the story comes around to you, it's a completely different story.
1: Completely different story. And, and reality is that happens all the time when it comes to projects. And again, we're not just talking about IT projects. We're talking about any type of project. Um, you know, I think there's a good example is uh, your spouse or significant other. He says, I want to paint the room. What color? Well, I want blue. Then it comes to question of, well, what shade of blue? yeah well there's only you know probably a couple thousand shades of blue, depending yeah. on what, you know what paint store you go to, so you know <laughs> there's a lot to that and then you can come home with a, a shade of blue well that's not the shade of blue I was thinking about well you didn't give me any idea what you really looked for, so that's why I came up with so that's why you know that's a good example um and then and then managing stakeholder uh in terms of uh, Managing your stakeholders, make sure they understand what these requirements are, how, how the requirements are important to, to really keep people on focus and on target to where they're going. Um, and then there is the Balancing Act. And that's what we're really going to spend a lot of time talking about today. And the Balancing Act really consists of six, six particular functions, which is the scope, the quality, schedule, budget, resources, and risks. And that's uh, again. Th- those are those are the key points that we didn't get ch- talked to last time.
0: And and when we were talking last time, you had this really catchy uh, acronym that you used. What was that again? And what does it really mean? Yeah, that that acronym it's called SMART.
1: And <coughs> SMART with two T's. SMART with two T's, right? And that's really going back to what we talked about earlier in terms of requirements. Why are requirements important? If you don't have a good set of requirements, again, you have no idea. It's, it's kind of like the old story, you know, if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's the same c- scenario here. And if you don't have that, or, or you, know, you know, the other one, you know, if you don't have a roadmap, any, any road's going to get you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wherever there is, you know. But that's, but those are the types of things that I think are, when it comes to requirements, that are some gui- good guidelines. But to just talk a little bit more about SMART with two Ts. What is it? Uh, S. S-, S- That means specific. And that's being very detailed. You know, if you're looking for blue, are you looking at Honolulu Honolulu blue? Uh, Are you looking at Petty blue? Are you looking at Robin's egg blue? Are you looking at Navy blue? Or any one of the other thousands of blues that are out there? You know, you have to be very specific and measurable. At the end of the day, just being able to say, well, I'll know it when I see it isn't very good in terms of defining a requirement. You know, you have to be able to measure it. And whether it's uh, a, say, a percent of rate of return, you know, 10% rate of return, or I want to grow my business by 15%, or I want to be able to cut costs in this area by 5%. You know, those set some very specific measurable targets that you can achieve. And it also has to be achievable. And that's where... I mean, at the end of the day, if you can't achieve it, if it's something that is so blue sky, as it were, and way out there that the reality is you really never get there, uh, no matter how hard and how money, how much money you you put at it, then that's not a re- that's that's not a a, a good requirement. And tying in with that, it's got to be realistic. What
0: what's the difference between achievable and realistic?
1: Ah, well. You can have something that is achievable, but it may not be realistic and achievable in the sense that you can, you could reach that objective, that goal uh, that, that you're looking for, but you may not be able to do it with the amount of money that you have available or the time you have available to do it. Uh, if, you know, if you're looking for implementing a whole new ERP system, for example, you know, financial accounting with, with, uh, with the, supply chain management and CRM and all the other aspects that, that go into it. Uh, you can't, not, you, you know, trying to expect to have that done in, in a matter of a couple months uh, is, is, can be a real challenge. I remember exactly one time having to go in and tell a client uh, after somebody else had set, set the expectation that he can have his whole new system in place in four months and I said, ain't going to happen. There just isn't enough time to make all these, to do all these things. And here's the reasons why. And I had to explain it to him. So finally, by the end of it, he understood that while, yes, it was achievable, he could achieve all he wants. And in reality, we did. It's just not in the time frame that he was originally looking for. Okay. It also has to have to be trainable. And a trainable in the sense that you've got people who are going to be involved in either, particularly in systems that are going to be using that system. And so you have to be able to define those requirements in such a way that you can understand how to put together the training necessary for the people to be able to actually use the system and to meet those requirements. And again, a lot of times training is one of those areas that gets dropped Quickly, when there are budget constraints or, or time constraints, and they basically just roll the system out and hope for the best. And the reality is people don't know what to do or how to do it. And that's where a lot of problems come into play. But again, how do you know you've got the right training? That's why it goes back to having a good set of requirements. And then finally, it has to be testable. And that again—that's where the second T comes in. And that's again, if you don't have a set of requirements that are specific, measurable, um, realistic, and trainable, it's probably good chance that you really won't be able to effectively test to make sure that the system meets that requirement. And again, whether it's a system or or some even a building, you know, making sure that uh, the, the all the various components in the system, whether it's the HVAC or the elect- electrical or whatever is working, you know, you, you need to test those before you actually open the doors
0: and say, ready to go for the first day of operations. So testable to make sure everything works. Everything works. Okay. We're talking project management. And last time we spoke, you spoke a lot of, about a lot of things regarding project management, but I know you didn't cover everything. So, so what else <clears throat> do you want to talk about? That's important for us to understand. Right. The,
1: And that's where we want to get where I wanted to get into the constraints, because that's really where where the project managers, that's that's really where they make their money. Uh, And and that's where their value comes in. If you've got a good project manager who really understands all the aspects and and understands all the various constraints that come into play and, and they are effective in that balancing act because it really does become a balancing act. That's where you have a, a higher likelihood of success with any project. Uh, and again, whether it's an IT project, whether it's a construction project, uh, building a building, building a home, whatever, uh, whatever it happens to be, uh, or moving, you know, like you did when you moved your uh, your studios, for example, you know, the, all those all those aspects come into play in figure out how to make sure everything happens. When it needs to happen, it's kind of like a, a symphony conductor, you know you, you you're you're trying to balance out all the
0: the various instruments all right there's that those two words again project constraints you, you touched upon it last time, but I know you want to delve into it a yep. little bit deeper this time so so again, what are project constraints
1: okay well, let's start with the, the, there's there's really two sets of project constraints and they kind of overlap, but they also they they were kind of interrelated within themselves and the first set are scope, time frame, and resources. And let's talk about scope here for a second. Scope is basically defines what is expected to be the end products of from the from that from the project. And they they can be the the, the features, the functions that will be will be performed. You know the scope of a, for example, the scope of a building was is defining how big the building is, how many rooms are going to be in the building. Is it one or two floors? All the various aspects of of that. Again, you're talking about the features and functions. It's going to be able to perform. It's going to be able to do this function. It's going to be, be able to do the function in a certain period of time and so on. So that's, that essentially defines, if you will, it's kind of like the the blueprint or the architectural drawing uh, that defines what, what, what the end product is going to look like. Then we get into uh, the budget. And that's, that's, that's your, the, your how much money do you have to work with. I mean, frankly, it, it, there, there's nobody out there in any enterprise that has an unlimited amount of money to spend on, on projects. I mean, even Google and Amazon you know, do have limits. Can be very high limits, but again, they have to. Every project that you, you're basically set with a with a budget, um, so that you can manage your resources adequately. So that's what it, you you start out with, knowing what your what your budget is based upon what the scope of the project's expected to be, and then schedule. That's your time frame. It basically, says the expectation is that this project will be completed in whatever it happens to be three weeks, six months, a year. And then so that you have, you can set expectations for what is it going to take? And then understanding what did, what are the resources and the scope issues to deal with there? Because it again, goes back to uh, the example I used a little, little, little bit ago about realistic versus, um, Achievable, um, because if you try to do too much in terms of the scope, and your time frame isn't adequate to do that, the likelihood of being successful is is going to is going to go down dramatically. You've got those three to to deal with, and then there's there even within those you start balancing those out because typically. You want to try and get one one or two of them that you can sort of fix if you will, and then the other one be, it can become your uh your variable if if you will and then and for example, if you know that your time frame or really more so if your budget is fixed then if you have the capability of slowing down the project in terms of uh, Extending out the deadlines, you know, you may be able to get more done, more scope done in within that same time frame. Now, that can be a real trick in and of itself, but it, because you have to be able to manage the scope, and then what, that's where the challenge also comes in. On the the flip side of that, because most projects really suffer from what I call scope creep. And that's where it's all those little things that kind of get added to the project as, as you're going along.
0: Is is that an industry term, scope creep, or is that a David? Oh Wilkins no, this term? Is,
1: no, this is a, this is an industry term. Okay. I mean, this the, you know, you talk to anybody in in technology and, and even in, in in construction, and that scope creep is is a, is, is a well recognized and that's the dreaded dreaded term. That we all have to deal with. That's where you're halfway through the project and the user says, mm, you know, we forgot about this. Can we add that? Or you're in the process of remodeling a, a home and you decide you wanted, you, or you, you, your plan was to expand a room by knocking down a wall, only to find out when you start that, that Oops! There's some wiring or plumbing or something, or that's a load-bearing wall that you can't get rid of. So that you now you have to you now have to modify what you're doing and how you're doing it. So there's a lot of that that happens. And the key to any good project is recognizing you will always have some change in scope as you're going as you're going forward. What's important here is be able to manage that and avoid the un uncontrolled scope creep if you have a, a change management process in place and again it doesn't have to be terribly formal but as long as you can have have a process that says okay we can identify what a, what a what the change needs to be go through an approval process to understand what is the impact that that change is going to have on Either the time frame or the budget or both, then you can make a decision: yes or no. Do we include it or do we defer it to a to a later time? Maybe say phase two of the project. So, if but as long as you can do that, then you can keep keep on on target. Um, you know, most most projects when you get started out are are with with a fixed budget. Most projects, roughly eighty percent, don't. Finish with that same budget or or the time frame. They're usually you know the the statistics that are, that are out there that have been well published. This is roughly eighty percent of projects, uh, technology projects are uh, over budget and and late. So you know that there, there's there's a lot, to, and that a lot of that has to do with how well you can manage scope.
0: So we're, we're talking effective project management here on Strategic Insights Radio with. David Wilkins with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And, and you mentioned the three items scope, budget, and schedule, which are definitely th- three separate items. But as you say, if you adjust one, it affects the others. So there really is a balancing act involved.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, one way you can look at it is you can almost look, like look at it as like a three legged stool. You know, if you've got them balanced, you know, it provides a nice stable platform to, to, to sit on. But as soon as one of them is, you know, you kind of chop the leg off, as it were, and, you know, they're out of balance. And all of a sudden, that seat isn't going to be quite as uh, level as it was. So, yeah, that's a, maybe just another interesting uh, analogy way to look at it.
0: So you, you've got to balance all these things, but you also have to have constraints that you've got to consider as well.
1: Well, you do. You do. And, and there, the, the, other, the other set of constraints, and I don't want to miss, skip out on those either because they, they become important. These constraints, the other three constraints, are dealing with quality, the resources, and the risks. Because the reality is, you can have the best laid plan with the best laid set of resources defined with a a very adequate budget that says, yes this this scope is achievable with this with this budget and and this these resources uh or this and this time frame I should say now the trick is all right making sure that you get the right people the right resources uh, involved and that's the it, it's really a combination not only of people making sure you've got people with the right skill set that can do the work that are tr- properly trained that are understand what the scope is what their tasks are and held accountable for for delivery against those but also the supporting technology that they'll be using so many times you know you're using some sort of well a good again the construction are you using the right tools are you trying to use trying to build a house with a hand saw versus a circular saw or power you know table saw you know the you know, having the right tools makes all the difference in the world as, as in terms of whether or not you can actually achieve the, the productivity that you need in order to, uh, to meet the time frame. The other, the other, one of the other constraints also, again, very, very important is quality. And quality is one of those things that people don't think about until they get to the end where they do the testing. The, tr- most, the biggest mistake that I have seen over the years is when it comes to a project is people the, the project manager or the, the whole project organization tries to test quality in as opposed to t- designing the quality in so in other words they you know they've got whatever the resource whatever the requirements are they they start the, down the process of, of designing it building it and then they get to the end and said okay well we better test it before we roll it out and then they spend a lot of time finding the bugs, finding the problems, and having to then fix it. It's just like a little house. You know, you wait till the end to do that final check. And, you know, you could have that punch list of many, many items. Or you can be doing interim inspections, finding a problem, for example, studs misplaced before the sheetrock goes up. That you know you need to fix that to make sure the load bearing wall is properly supported. That uh, you know you you're, you're fixing those things along the way, not waiting to the end where you got to tear, tear a bunch of stuff out before you can uh, and fix it. So so quality is important to build in as opposed to waiting till the end to try and test in. And that's that's where the inter, the interim inspections and if you will testing along the way comes becomes very very important. And then the last. The last one is risks. The reality is there's a lot of risks when it comes to a project. And, and whether it's, again, whether it's technology, whether it's construction, whether, you know, whatever the end result is, you know, if you're dealing with a, a product or a building or a software package, you know, you've got a number of risks to have to take into consideration. Those are financial risks, security risks, the risk that the project itself could fail, because of everything else up front that we've talked about, um, you've got environmental risks and reputational risks. I mean, there's a whole list of those. You know, if what happens when what happens to your reputation if you put put in a system that is supposed to be your primary touch point with your customers, and day one it
0: fails, it's going to end up costing you money. Yep. And it's going to cost you time because now you're going to have to replace things that failed. Exactly. Exactly. So it affects those other things that you talked about. It's again, mm-hmm. it's a balancing act.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we've seen it particularly, the, you know, the, the, one air, the one industry that, that is, uh, you know, kind of been a victim of this in, in, in the, over the last year or so has certainly been the airlines. You know, I see the Southwest has had problems with their website uh, recently that uh, customers couldn't get on, process it, you know, their, trend, their, their trips the way they wanted to. Uh, Delta certainly has had their problems. British Airways is another one that has many, has had numerous problems as well. Again, customers don't, don't like that. And the media certainly loves to jump on those types mm-hmm. of things. So, yeah, re- your reputation, you know, financial risks. You know, and again, we've had, uh, when we had uh, uh, Ken on from IPVS uh, a few few months ago, you know, he was talking about those risks uh, of, you know, what happens when you get, uh, if you don't put enough security into the system, test the system to make sure the security is working, you can open yourself up to some serious uh, financial risks. So those, you know, again, and it's, so that all has to be managed and balanced in there, making sure that you're that you that you are addressing as many of the risks as you can within the time frame and the resources and the scope that you have available. So that is, and I know I've seen looking at the looking at the clock. I know we've we've gone through this, and it's amazing how fast the time flies when you're having fun. Uh, this is, this is an area I have literally spent a, a, a big chunk of my career doing. So a lot of this comes actually from, from direct experience, what works, what doesn't work. And you know the, the reality is there's, there's still a lot more to it, but I wanted to, to go over and introduce the whole the concept, make sure people understand that project management isn't just for those big businesses, the big companies. You know, it's for everybody, any, any small business owner and medium-sized business owner, that, that whether it's whether it's technology, new product introduction, you know, whatever it happens to be where you've got a specific end product that you're trying to, to create and you got to start from someplace.
0: Sounds like regardless of the project, it's probably a good idea to have a conversation with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp beforehand because you may end up saving money in the long run. Oh, for sure. We that's, that's one of our areas. You know. All right. And for those that would like to reach out and have a conversation uh, with yourself or find out more about Sterling Rose, what would you tell them to do? Great. Yes.
1: You certainly can reach me anytime. And again, my name is Dave Wilkins. You can reach me at six seven eight nine nine six one three zero eight, or you can certainly email us at info at sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com.
0: All right, David, as usual, great stuff. Well, oh, thank you, Mike. And we highly uh, recommend our listeners, if you've got a project you want to work on, to, to, to listen to these podcasts, Project Management Part 1, and this has been Part 2, and between both shows, I think you'll get a real good uh, vibe and a sense of the amount of work and planning and and, all, and, and really all the uh, aspects that go into good, positive project management. It's, 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 it's not as simple as that you might think. There's a lot of things that go into it. And uh, it sounds to me like it'd be definitely worth having a conversation with yourself or someone at Sterling Rose. Love to do that. All right. Well, again, that's uh, David Wilkins with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And uh, a reminder: you can listen to the show anytime, twenty four seven, by going to Gwinnett Business X dot com, and also check out their website Sterling Rose Consulting dot com. This has been Strategic Insights Radio here on Business Radio X.